everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. I am podcasting today from the beautiful city of St. Augustine, Florida. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the spiritual battle that we're in as we are finishing up the month of May. I can't even believe I just said that. But we are finishing up the month of May over at uh, Mom Strong International. We've been talking about strategies in spiritual warfare. Today, we're going to talk, dig probably a little bit deeper into this idea of the battlefield and what exactly it means. And we're going to talk about some things that are happening in the culture and naturally some things that have been happening to me and w- around what I'm doing on Facebook. Stick around. <laughs> I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So um, I want to just, first of all, say thank you. It was such a joy to meet many of you last week in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I love to hug your neck. I love to meet uh, podcast listeners. And it always is such an encouragement to me just to see what God is doing in your life. So thank you for taking the time to do that. I also want to encourage you, if you haven't yet left your review for this podcast over at iTunes, uh, please do that or wherever you can do it. Um, it would encourage me greatly if you would share this out. Give us a shout out on your social media, in your mom's group, over on iTunes. Uh, you can leave a review there. By, I think you just click on that little gear shift. You have to go to the store, uh, but then click on the little gear shift and you should be able to leave a review there. I am so excited to hear what the, just the changes that are happening um, as a result, not of what I'm doing, but of what God is doing in your life through what he has asked me to do here at the podcast. So that's encouraging to me. Also, it was been just really encouraging to meet so many of your kids who are listening to the podcast and men who are listening. So I am thankful. Thank you for listening. And I hope that this uh, is an encouragement to you. A couple of days ago, I was on uh, Facebook. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on it more when I'm on the road like this. I spend a little bit more time in the car than I normally do. So while my husband's driving, I'm, you know, scrolling through the internet and kind of reading the news. And uh, first of all, so excited to see that President Trump has decided to uh, strip some of the funding through uh, through some of the federal funding that uh, that Planned Parenthood gets. And I love to see that money go to actually legitimate uh, health care facilities for women. It can actually happen. And so this is great news. President Trump has uh, decided to cut Planned Parenthood's taxpayer funding, which will eliminate as much as 60 million from their, from the annual abortion provider. So, or from the annual budget from the abortion giant, which is uh, Planned Parenthood. And by the way, uh, I had someone say to me the other day that Planned Parenthood is healthcare for women. It is absolutely not healthcare for, for, for women. We need to start saying that abortion is what it is, which is the murder of an innocent child is nothing to do with the health of women. There are lots of places that we as women can go and get our health care. So that was exciting for me. I am a huge uh, fan of the pro-life movement, and I hope you guys will join me as we continue to pray that God would continue to just have the wind be it. I feel like the wind really is at the back of the pro-life movement right now, largely because of things like um, ultrasound technology and uh, obviously, you know, we've, the heartbeat bill has been introduced several times. It's going to, they're going to make another pass at it. But these children who are unborn are human beings and we need to either agree that they have intrinsic value. And if we agree that they have intrinsic value as human beings, then it is absolutely inexcusable that we have allowed this to happen for so long. So also I wanted to let you guys know 
that I, I am privileged to interview my friend, Trisha Goyer. She's going to be coming on the show with me on Friday. She has written a book called Walk It Out, probably one of my favorite books ever. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But Trisha is the real deal. And we were talking a little bit about the culture and what's happening right now around us. And she mentioned that she had also struggled through uh, the pain of the aftermath of an abortion. She had an abortion when she was 15. So she will be talking a little bit about that next Monday. She's going to come and answer a listener question on the topic of post-abortive care and how we can love these women. Listen, this is not, I hear the lie often that the pro-life movement only cares about the unborn, which we all know is a straw man argument, right? Uh, but I think that Trisha, having her on the show is great because she is basically, she's issuing a call, like a, a real call to Christians to say, get onto the battlefield. There is an entire a community, a huge community of children in the foster care system that need to be taken care of. And they need, they need adoptive parents. They need fostering. These are children who just need a home. And guess what, you guys, you also have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. And if the church would be the church, and begin doing what God said to do, which is to take care of the widows and the orphans and to uh, go out and spread the gospel, right? Uh, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples, going into every nation, talking about the hope and change that is found in Jesus. And like Francis Chan says, you know, Simon says, pat your head and we pat our head. Jesus says, go make disciples. And we memorize that verse, right? <laughs> We're not actually doing it. So I just want to encourage you. I hope that that um, as you listen to these podcasts, my whole goal is to help you do exactly what God's asking me and my family to do, which is to get off the bench and get out onto the battlefield. If we knew, if we just for a minute were able to see what was happening in the spiritual world around us, I honestly think it would bring us to our knees. And I've been encouraging you guys to get off the bench for a long time. And the first book that I wrote from Tyndale, Becoming Mom Strong, released last September. And there's a new one coming out called Prayers for the Battlefield, which I'm so excited about. And a listener sent that to me. It's actually on Amazon right now. It's available for pre-order. It doesn't release until the 17th of September, but I didn't know it was on there. And so they sent it to me and I was like, what? My book's for sale and I didn't even know it. <laughs> so uh, this is my first shout out. That book, Prayers for the Battlefield, is already available for pre-order. I want to encourage you to do that. It's a hardback book. You guys are going to love it. Um, a beautiful purple cover with tons of hand-drawn arrows on the front of it. But what's really cool is that the book is going to take you through difficult things that we go through by virtue of the fact that we've been born onto a battlefield. And so uh, Prayers for the Battlefield is really like the cry of my heart, the hashtag I've been using, which I hope you guys will use with me, which is off the bench. I wrote on Facebook uh, last week, just talking about this idea of being off the bench, that I grew up with my parents and my relatives telling me that uh, we were not supposed to talk about things like politics. We weren't supposed to talk about a real a religion, right? Or anything that we believe because it might offend somebody. And so in our house, we weren't allowed to talk about those things at Thanksgiving or at family gatherings on the 4th of July. And heaven forbid, uh, someone would overhear us talking about what we believed on the bus heading into downtown Portland because we wouldn't want to offend anybody. That is anybody but my grandmother. My grandmother was so on fire for Jesus. She would talk to anybody at any time any place for any reason about the love of Jesus. I watched that woman lead people to Christ on a bus. 
in into downtown Portland. And um, I I think that she was really setting the example. And I understand the thinking that we shouldn't talk about politics and we shouldn't talk about religion. But honestly, you guys, it's a mistake because what's happened is now we are living in a generation of people that don't know how to talk about what they believe in a winsome or even a respectful way. And the results are painfully obvious on social media. So it used to be that we could talk about our differing points of view, even if we disagreed with each other. But unfortunately, anybody who disagrees with us now, typically what happens is they go straight after either the character or even the intellect of the person who holds rather the opposing point of view. And it's so sad. Um, a few days back, I spoke out about the lie that is transgenderism. I put a picture of a book called George, which I've told you guys before. This is in the Battle of the Books. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rabbit trail for just a second here because I, I want you to... Uh, care about this enough to be involved because it is an absolute lie that our children uh, can change their DNA, that they can change their sex. And the colleges are teaching our children that gender is one thing and sex is another. And it is such a confusing lie. So listen, uh, so the back of this book says, be who you are. When people look at George, they think they see a boy, but she knows she's not a boy. She knows she's a girl. George thinks she'll have to keep the secret up forever, but then her teacher announces that their class play is going to be Charlotte's Web. George really, really, really wants to play Charlotte, but the teacher says she can't even try out for the part because she's a boy. With the help of her best friend, Kelly, George comes up with a plan, not just so she can be Charlotte, but so everyone can know who she really is once and for all. This is tragic. This is tragic. I found this book at the third to fifth grade section at our local bookstore, and it just infuriates me because I've already talked about this on the podcast before. This book is included in the battle of the books, which is happening in public schools across America. It's being sold by Scholastic. So if you're a fan of Scholastic, like I have been forever and ever, amen, um, I'm no longer going to buy books from them because they're they're peddling garbage to our children. They've decided that pigs fly and it's okay to tell our kids that they can change their DNA. Listen, this is such a sad and devastating lie. Men and women are different. You don't change your gender. Gender isn't fluid. It's not something that happens in your brain. It's something that's determined by your DNA and you're born with it because anatomically, you will know immediately. Uh, doctors know unless something happens, uh, which is there are anomalies that happen. We call them hermaphrodites that are born with two different, uh, two different anatomically, uh, different sexes. So they're born both male and female. And that, that is a, uh, those are hard decisions that parents have to make. But we're not talking about that as a general rule. We're just talking about kids whose teachers and, uh, social warriors have decided to tell them that gender is fluid. But I'm here to say your, your sex remains the same no matter what surgery you undergo. And listen, you guys, I have, a bunch of my friends are doctors. I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about this, and he said that when he gets, prepares to do surgery, he wants to see the actual sex of the patient because it matters. Male and females have obvious anatomical differences. So why, this is my question for you, why are we persisting in such an obvious truth? Well, it goes back to what I was saying before. We were told a long time ago to be quiet. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about things we might offend anybody. And so this is what, ha this is what the result is. Now we're being bullied, right? By a radical agenda and it's working. We're afraid to speak the truth, even though we know it. We're afraid of the backlash, afraid of offending, even if it would save that child a lifetime of suffering. And this has to stop. Gender neutrality is a bold lie and it can only be countered with bold truth. I shudder 
to think of how today's children are going to look back on us adults 20 years from now when they realize that they were just a sick social experiment in tolerance. But of course, by then, the damage will have already been done. Surgery and hormones don't change your DNA, and they never will. So I'm going to encourage you, let's go back to teaching our children to embrace the beautiful gender that they were born with, the sex that they were born with, and teach them that feelings do not always reflect reality. In other words, let's parent from a place of truth and love because our children need both. And as I was talking to uh, parents in Myrtle Beach, and and I will be talking to parents in Orlando because I'm headed there tomorrow down to the FPEA convention. Woot, woot. I cannot wait to see you guys. Um, I just want to encourage you, uh, teach your children to engage in conversations about politics and religion and gender. Teach them to respectful. They need to be respectful and winsome as they defend their position. But listen, you guys, these things matter. Religion matters. Religion literally is life and death. And we need to be uh, educating our children and teaching them to engage the culture around them with truth and love. And uh, I was thinking about this because, like I said before, it used to be that we could disagree. And now if you disagree with somebody, particularly on social media, you're going to get attacked. And when I spoke out about the lie that is transgenderism, uh, people came at me like they always do. Uh, with every hit in the book, I said, I, I believe it's a lie that we can change uh, men into women. That's my belief. I believe that the science backs it up. Science is not behind the transgender movement. And for people who are so gung-ho on science, Bill Nye, the science guy, for people who are so gung-ho on science, this is the most unscientific thing ever, right? But it doesn't matter. Um, I said, I don't believe in transgenderism. And because of that, I was called every name in the book, accused of bigotry and hatred, told I was backward and ignorant and uneducated. And listen, that's okay. That's okay. Because I'm going to keep speaking life as it is defined by God. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Hashtag off the bench. Lies are everywhere in the culture right now. And if you dare to speak the truth in a culture of lies, just expect to be met with vitriol and hate. And it's not because you're speaking necessarily to to uh, hate, hateful people. You're dealing directly with a spirit of deception in the culture. So keep being kind. Keep speaking the truth. Don't be bullied into silence because that's what bullies want. They want your silence. So I just want to encourage you not to give it to them. All right. Don't give them your silence. They don't deserve it. Uh, and the culture needs to hear about the truth and the love and the healing that's offered through Jesus. At the beginning of this podcast, I told you uh, I was going to I'm going to recap sort of um, we're going to wind up the month of May and get ready to go into a brand new month at MomStrong International brand new scripture writing challenge. We're going to be writing about the power and the promise of prayer. But I want to remind you again that spiritual warfare is real. So all these things that we've been talking about for the last several weeks uh, over on on Wednesdays at the podcast, this is this is the real thing. Spiritual warfare is real. It's dangerous uh, because we're in the fight of our lives. And I think sometimes in the culture, we don't feel it because we live in such, especially in Western civilization, we live such comfortable lives. And so it's easy when you live a comfortable life uh, to hardly feel like you're in danger. But the conflict that you face around you is very, very real. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is challenge one of the lies that the enemy has put forth. I really think the emperor has no clothes, right? And Paul, as we've been studying the book of Ephesians, Paul is putting his emphasis on the reality of the struggle. And he is telling us it is both difficult and dangerous. And it's important that we learn to put on the whole armor of God. And we can't do that unless we first will admit, hey, we're in a spiritual battle that's both difficult and dangerous. And we recognize we can't do anything 
apart from the protection and the healing power of the word of God and being able to use his word, the sword of the spirit. John Piper said that until you believe that life is war, you can't really know what prayer is for. And we're going to be starting off the month of June talking about the power of prayer because prayer is how we speak to the Lord. It's how it's what moves heaven into action. And when Paul outlined the gospel and starting in Ephesians, so this, this month, if you, for those of you who've been writing through the book of Ephesians with me, this month we started out by talking about the importance and the preciousness of the gospel. So the apostle Paul outlined it in Ephesians 1 through 3, and then he moved on to motivate us to live like God wants us to live. That means what I've been telling you all, all, what, forever, 600 episodes of the podcast is, uh, we can't pass on what we don't possess. We can't give our kids what we don't have. This hap- This is true in the church. This happens in the world. This happens, obviously, in our families. And it doesn't depend on the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Paul, for goodness sake, spent half of his time writing the epistles in prison. And when he concludes um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, he begins with the following command. He said, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. So the term finally identifies a transition and then a conclusion. Paul's final thought identifies our need, right? He's saying, be strong. There's your need. We are weak in and of ourselves, right? We're weak apart from the Lord. And then he says, here is where your help comes from. The source of strength is the Lord. So we want to lean on his strength and his might. Uh, the power, our need for God's strength in our lives, it's constant because the battle is raging all around us. And so as I've been encouraging you to put on the whole armor of God, I want to remind you again of what the apostle says. He says, you must see to it that you continue to let yourself be empowered in the Lord, not merely by the Lord, although that's true, but in the Lord, which is fellowship. It's walking in right relationship with Jesus. And it, when we walk in right relationship with Jesus, that means we live how he wants us to live. That means we're careful the things that we say. We're careful how we present ourselves on social media. We're careful that we don't have too much alcohol with our dinner and that we don't, uh, we don't start throwing around cuss words just because we're living under grace. The power that God has given us is to bring glory and honor to him. And we can't do that with lives that are being muted by sin that we're unwilling to address. So if we're going to know and understand and walk in the power of God, it's something that we need to start praying for. So I want to encourage you, uh, the more that you know about the Lord uh, and the more that you study his word and the more that you value the sacrifice he made, the stronger you are going to be put on the whole armor of God. And God said, I'm going to be with you even until the end of the age. The devil hopes to weaken your resolve, but the gospel that provides peace is going to equip you with a firm spiritual footing. That is the promise of the Lord. And every mom, every father, every pastor, every teacher, every single one of us that knows the Lord Jesus and claims his name needs to remember not to neglect the word of God. Don't neglect the word of God. Put your eyes on the word of God. Read it, study it, memorize it. Why? So that uh, like the psalmist said in Psalm 119, so that we might not sin against him. The battle that we're in is real. It's difficult. It's full of struggles. It's fraught with danger. And we need to take up our sword and our shield and put on the armor, take it very seriously so that we can be made strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want to let you guys know how much I appreciate you listening. I would very much appreciate your prayers for my husband and I as we continue our speaking season. I'm going to be concluding. I'll be 
at um, FPEA. I hope you guys will come out and join me. It's not too late. You can still get tickets. I believe you have to register at the door now, um, but it opens tomorrow. I'll be speaking for the Leaders Summit there tomorrow and all weekend long. Also, I'm going to be coming back in January. Don't be jealous. I'm coming back in January and I'm going to be doing a cruise, a carnival cruise where I'll be, uh, I'll be doing that with my husband which Jay and I are thrilled because that'll be the beginning of the year of our 30th anniversary. So we're very excited about that. You can find out more information about that uh, at FPEA. That's the Florida Parent Educators Association. Then I'm coming home with all of our kids. Uh, This Sunday, we'll be flying back into Portland, Oregon to meet our son, Skylar, who's home from YWAM. Cannot wait to hug that boy's neck. And then Jay and I will leave the following weekend and we will be with my assistant, Melissa, who's also my friend in Iowa for the Iowa Homeschool conference, which happens on the uh, on the thirty first of uh, no, it doesn't. It happens on the first of June. That's a Friday, so Friday and Saturday. We're coming to June. Ugh, moment of silence. May is pretty much over. All right, and then I have one more weekend after that. I will be at the HEAV convention in Richmond, Virginia, one of my favorite ones of the entire season. So I hope you guys will come out to see me then. In the meantime, know that I am praying for you that God would give you the strength and the courage to be bold and to take that boldness from the hope that you have in Jesus. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here with my friend Trisha Goyer on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.